it's Grace from the CAC, and we're back for another episode of Hashtag Finance. I'm so excited to be back on the podcast. I was away for a couple weeks. I went to Vancouver. Uh, we did an esports event, which you all can check out on our YouTube channel. Um, we're really excited about it. Uh, great attendance rate. Today is a really special day because um, not only do we have, uh, we have Emma Andrews here from BevCana, uh, and we also have a new media wall going up in our office. Um, so right now, it literally looks like Times Square, like right beside my desk. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, so Emma, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, and you were just on the West Coast. I've come from the West Coast, nice. so we're bringing the love. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so t- can you tell our viewers just a little bit more about kind of like your role at Bev Canada? I'm the chief commercialization officer, which I honestly think is one of the funnest jobs at the company. I get to specialize in everything from formulation and product development and vetting the technology we use for our uh, infused beverages, and then all the way through to our go-to-market strategy as well, which is yeah, bringing the brands to life. Sorry, I should have asked you before that, what is Canna? <laughs> Let's start there. Totally. <laughs> Introductions. Yeah. We uh, make, manufacture, brand, and distribute infused beverages. Wow. Okay. So what what does that mean? Infused with what? Cannabinoids. So THC and CBD obviously being two of the most well-known cannabinoids. But uh, yeah, we'll explore different territories in the future. Oh, awesome. And so how does how does that work exactly? So like people are just going to kind of walk around like drinking what I want to call weed water. That's not <laughs> obviously the correct term. Yeah, that would be our uh, our crude version of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, essentially in October of 2019, Canada will legalize um, infused products, which will be the beverage category. So we're very excited to work towards that milestone. Uh, there are infused beverages in the U.S. right now, and uh, what I often find is those beverages are really crude and early versions of some of the more refined um, and premium products that we'll see here in Canada. And that's just because of uh, farther advancements in processing technology. That's what's used to extract the cannabinoids, and then we infuse those into our beverages. So the goal is to make it not taste like weed water, to make it taste like the flavor profiles or the the types of products you're trying to mimic, um, like an iced tea, as an example. Oh, wow. And so what was like where, like, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this because I I'm like, um, I guess it would be kind of like people just drinking alcohol, but like it's just totally. But alcohol is one version, I think. I think with cannabis, too, there'll be people who are looking for more functional beverages, who are looking for uh, something to unwind and relax at the end of the day, something that could help them, uh, you know, feel calm and at ease through the day. So not just your social drinking occasion type of beverages, but also something that really has an outcome that you're seeking. That's awesome. Yeah. I really love this concept. Yeah. I mean, it almost seems like I was going through the bay the other day and there's like this soda water making machine. Yes. So it's almost like you could kind of do that. Yeah. There will be uh, concentrates and shots that you could add at home. So exactly that. I have a soda stream on my countertop yeah. too. So you could add a, <laughs> a flavor infusion that's got some cannabinoids into it at home. But uh, the category actually that we'll be starting to play in is the ready to drink category. So you'll just, yeah, you'll open and sip right away. You won't have to do any extra blending or infusing at home. That is awesome. Yeah. So where are we? Where will we see BevCana products? Being well, sold? the intention would be nationwide. Yeah, we're uh, we're starting to talk to the provincial distributors. They're starting to do product calls for the infused category, knowing that it's coming online very very soon. 
So we, uh, we are approaching a number of provinces based on what makes strategic sense, based on our supply, based on the consumer base, based on the market size. So um, as you're probably familiar in Canada, each province has a different uh, regulatory approach to retail. So it's uh, really a lot of individual conversations rather than one national scope that we're, uh, we're approaching in terms of distribution. Great. And is there any kind of long-term goals to be like acquired by Coca-Cola or something? Or do you kind of <laughs> just want to stay as your own brand? Right now, we uh, we have a long-term vision to be a, you know, a legacy company in this industry and to really establish our own name and credibility. Um, you know, the Coca-Cola model, I think, is an interesting parallel because they've done a really great job of creating an iconic brand, um, a really iconic form factor. You know, the Coke bottle, especially the glass bottle, is so... Um, unique and memorable worldwide. So taking a page out of that book, we hope to have global brands in the future as legalization expands and to really make sure that both the house brands we produce, but also brands for our white label clients are that iconic in the infused beverage space. Amazing. And so what do you see BevCanna like screen? Like what is their image that, that you want to get across to consumers? Uh, but basically the BC story, I think, is really intrinsic and really authentic to who we are as a company. Our bottling operation is based near a Soyuz BC. So if you've been to the Okanagan, you'll know just in terms of the wineries and vineyards in the region, it's an absolutely magnificent region for cultivation. Um, so we actually received our hemp cultivation license recently. Um, so that's on site where the bottling plant is. We'll be doing our own uh, biomass growing for hemp, um, which will be extracted for CBD. Um, and that will be infused into our uh, bottles and beverages on site uh, at the bottling plant. So we've got a really great BC anchored story in terms of the operation, in terms of the uh, the biomass we'll use, and also a spring water aquifer that's on site I as saw well that. too. That so very cool. yeah, really nice. uh, a West Coast anchored identity. Cool. Yeah, cool. like that. Yeah. Um, and so how? So let's talk about your role. Like how did how did you get involved with that Bev Canna? Yeah, so I cool. I'm actually trained as a nutritionist, so my background is in the natural products industry. Um, and I actually started working with a couple of the brands that are currently distributed in the natural channel that are bottled out of the same facility that will now convert into the Bevcana operations. So I've known the, uh, the founders, and it's a family-run business. I've known them for uh, a number of years now working on other brands. And then uh, when the idea came around to initiate Bevcana and really jump into the infused product landscape, I knew that was exactly where I wanted to pivot my career as well. I've been a cannabis enthusiast and advocate for uh, for a number of years now, and so it was really exciting to get to combine that personal passion with professional um, expertise. Amazing. Yeah. And why cannabis? Why are you a cannabis enthusiast? And I find this interesting because you've got the holistic nutrition background, mm -hmm. and I saw actually that you have a certificate in holistic nutrition culinary arts like you oh my gosh you went yeah, deep I yeah. love it yeah <laughs> I was I've trained like, in everything so from cool. <laughs> plant-based culinary um, to holistic nutrition and then also product development as well so combining all of those has been awesome. uh, yeah actually quite meaningful but I view cannabis as many things it's an adaptogenic plant first and foremost so it has wide-ranging applications but for me my journey has been everything from you know true recreational consumption through to therapeutic consumption and that's not a category that currently exists in Canada. It's either medical or recreational. But so many consumers are having therapeutic-based experiences through cannabis. And so I what think there's... therapeutic-based? Oh, yeah. I'm glad what you... That? I'm glad you unpack it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I have to, um, you know, give a caveat before I launch into this, just that there is some 
promotional prohibitions in Canada around making health and wellness claims or associating cannabis to vitality. So in terms of any brands that you encounter, this isn't a message you would commonly hear, but in terms of a consumption experience as a consumer myself, it's things like reducing your anxiety, benefiting your sleep, helping your pain threshold. Um, for me, I really noticed this actually as an endurance runner. I really noticed this in combination with marathon training. And that's when it really clicked for me. You know, it's not just a recreational social substance that it can actually be used in a therapeutic way to help your performance, to help reduce um, general stress in your life. Um, and again, that's something that people are having unique and authentic experiences with, whether a brand can make those claims or not. That's amazing. Yeah. How, how does that um, induce performance, though? I know. it's, it's uh, There's a lot of stigma, I would say, around athletics and cannabis consumption, so I'm happy to, to bust those stigmas. Um, during training, you have, uh, you have a lot of inflammation in your body, a lot of pain that's built up over long-distance running, especially. Um, so I find when I consume cannabis in relation to those long-distance runs that I just have a, a disassociative effect from the pain, meaning that it doesn't, uh, you don't linger on the sensation as long. You're able to get lost in the motion and not fixate on, on pain as a sensation. Um, I find I sleep better at night after a long run. Um, and I find generally performance anxiety tends to build before a big marathon. You've been training for a long time. You get really anxious about yeah. it. So just helping to reduce some of that stress and go into it in a really level-headed and calm way. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the heart of Toronto's financial district at the top of First Canadian Place, CSE TV is your trusted source for what's happening in capital markets. Our hashtag finance podcast series gets you exclusive long-form interview content with visionary entrepreneurs and CEOs of companies in the news. The CSE's On the Street segments get you up close and personal with many of our listed companies. And don't forget that you can find the video version of this and all our media on our CSE TV channel on YouTube. For instant notifications, subscribe to CSE TV now. Hey, we're back with Emma Andrews from BevCana. I saw also that you uh, worked at Vega. I did. And so one of the things that I kind of wanted to ask you was how, like you kind of were part of the instructional part where you were talking about plant-based food yeah. and, you know, kind of teaching the general um, society about like what plant-based uh, based food is. Yeah. What are you seeing now? With plant-based food, and and specifically that the burger, um, what is it called? So funny the uh, Beyond Meat burger. Yeah. It's so funny you mentioned this because I actually I forget it, if it was a plastic? commercial this morning. <laughs> they were saying something. I think it was a commercial from from A and W, and they were just saying something about it being plant-based. And literally, the thoughts that crossed my mind is, wouldn't it have been interesting if Vega or another company had have trademarked that term back in the day? You know, ten plus years ago when that category was just being created, and plant-based was a way to kind of navigate away from the word vegan that had a lot of stigma and negative right. connotations as being, you know, a bit too extreme. So plant-based was more approachable. Interesting. Um, but that burger actually is, it's as much as I have had some indulgences with it, I feel we have to remember that it's still fast food, right? It's right. not eating whole foods, which yeah. is the true essence of, of eating a plant-based diet is eating plants in their natural form. <laughs> so yeah. I'm all for it if it helps people transition. But um, yeah, it's taking away from the, the essence of the whole food base, which is really what plant-based eating is supposed to be about. Right. Yeah. And so what it does plant-based eating look like? For, so for me, this, eats, this is eating in as close to the natural format of the food as possible, so as least processed. Um, at Vega, we used to call it minimally processed as well. So even though you're taking, you know, in that example, the Vega example, it's a nutritional shake, but things aren't 
um, overcooked or denatured, as an example, the ingredients that are in that product. So as close to their whole food format as possible. Amazing. Yeah, I really like that because, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's very interesting that plant based would, you know, bring a different connotation to vegan because, yeah, yeah, vegan people are like, oh, you're vegan. That's yeah. extreme. You shouldn't do that. The, um, the analogy, and I'm super glad we actually brought this up because it's something I'm really passionate about making the analogy within cannabis as well. And believe it or not, I will bring it back to cannabis. But I think about it in terms of our consumption of um, extracts. So if we have the whole flour, it's the same as eating a whole food. So the more we process and refine that flour, the more we're getting into the same equivalency with foods like a Beyond Meat burger is the processed and refined version. Right. Um, So there is quality that you can unpack when you start to understand what does processing mean and how do you maintain quality within a processed food or within processed cannabis? So I think there's a lot of analogies between our food system and the cannabis supply chain as well. Awesome. Yeah. I also saw that you uh, lived in like Japan. and I did. Tell us about that. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I'm super grateful for those experiences. I think um, I grew up in a small town near Calgary. And so it was really important to me to kind of widen and broaden my horizons Um, after university and so I went and lived overseas I taught English in Japan I lived in Australia I was just saying to my colleague on the walk over here that uh, I did two months car camping in New Zealand and did uh, a skateboarding tour just did van life yeah it was so fun me and my best friend went inside a van and we drove up to Tofino and it's an interesting experience like it's very like simple and and you actually do eat like I was looking at the diet that we were we were having in van life it's like you have to eat whole foods like because you can't really and you try not to waste things right because you don't a you don't have a lot of cold food storage and b you're maybe you know like keeping your your shopping to a minimum so yeah yeah, you're a lot more resourceful exactly like i'm my best friend literally dipped like a whole cucumber in hummus (laughs) and then like took a chunk i was like this is van life and i'm like oh great (laughs) totally i love it yeah yeah it's really fun yeah. So you were so you were in Australia, Japan, anywhere else? Uh, I did Southeast Asia as well, Thailand, Singapore, Vietnam, Cambodia. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So how are they eating out there compared to here? What's the difference? Interestingly, for Southeast Asia specifically, a lot of Whole Foods, other than if you go to 7-Eleven, obviously. <laughs> um, Japan, I found, was a lot of fast food, um, okay. not as much emphasis on Whole Foods, but I was living there, so I did a lot of cooking at home. Um, but especially when you're, you know, living on a on a immediately post-university budget, you tend to eat a little more convenience-based. Yeah, 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 it's tough. Totally. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, all a good experience, though. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. And yeah. so when, how old were you when you came back and um, to Vancouver, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I was probably, now you're really making me think, I was probably in my early 20s. Yeah, I'm not going to remember actually the specific awesome. year, but um, moved to the West Coast pretty much as soon as I got back from traveling because I knew that I wanted to keep that same kind of lifestyle alive. And the West Coast, I think, right. really drew me in. Um, just with the recreation, with the lifestyle, and then career opportunities, I haven't looked back. So yeah. yeah. No, I think I saw something on your blog that was something about waves. What was the? Yes. It was like, it's like your motto. Oh, let's make waves. Yeah. Yes. Where did you come up with that? That's awesome. I love well, that. Well, I think honestly, and I, you know, I say this unabashedly, but being in the type of industry that I am in cannabis and being on the front lines of legalization, I think we're creating, uh, we're blazing trails, you know, to use the cliche, but we're creating something um, brand new. And there's a lot of momentum behind what we're doing in this industry. So I, I really view it as like kind of like that wave or ripple effect that. Um, yeah, we're, we're carrying the momentum forward and uh, making waves. 
Awesome. And yeah. where do you see these waves going? Like, where do you see Babcana and all these infused beverages and where do you see it all going? Yeah, I feel so I feel really grateful to be in this industry at the stage in my career where I know I'll have, you know, future iterations um, of what I'm doing in the next, you know, 20 or 30 years. So what I really see is the convergence of natural products industry and the cannabis industry where products will be understood as health and wellness products with health and wellness benefits, whether there's a new classification for those types of products, there is a new category that there's a consultation period happening right now for called cannabis health products. So there might be a new way in the future of um, understanding cannabis in a health and wellness lens, accessing it through different retail and distribution channels, not just regulated retail, perhaps. So essentially more options and more accessibility is is the future I'm kind of working towards. Awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I just did, did you want to share anything else with our audience? Just anything more about what you're doing? You're I, like I saw your blog. It's fantastic. Thank the pictures, you. The you're so um, in tune with what's going on with cannabis, but from a personal level, because you are, how far along you're pregnant? How I far am. along are you? <laughs> I'm halfway actually today, literally on the halfway mark. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it's really changed my uh, my own consumption of cannabis for sure. So it's been really educational. Yeah, I saw yeah. a post that you said like you had made the decision yourself to not smoke cannabis yes. while pregnancy. And how yeah. did you come up to that kind of conclusion? A lot of research. So a lot of the work I do is grounded in science. That's coming from that nutrition background is really having integrity to what I what I say and how I approach the conversation. So I did a lot of research and the biggest thing I found is that it's there's non-correlative uh, effects of consumption during pregnancy. And the reason is because there's no controlled studies during pregnancy. Um, a lot of the studies are retrospective, looking back at women who consume during pregnancy and they can't isolate for variables. So there's um, you know, other socioeconomic factors that could yeah. affect the outcomes. Environment. Um, totally. Yeah. yeah. Lifestyle. So it's um, very non-conclusive. So I just made the decision, you know, to err on the side of caution, reduce risk and to not consume during pregnancy. Um, so I, I say I'm jokingly on a nine month tolerance break right now. <laughs> but uh, no, I know it'll play a role in my in my life in life stages to come. So it's, it's a temporary period right now. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, just on the topic of your Instagram, where can our viewers um, get to know, get to see your Instagram? Do you have Twitter? Uh, what's your website? Yeah. So EmmaJaneAndrews.com is my website. And then, you know, we've been talking about a few of these themes. So the, the handle on social media won't surprise anyone, but it's Emma runs van awesome because uh, I run that city yeah, you too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome well you know what Emma it was so great to get to know you more and thank you so much for coming in today really appreciate it thank you hi it's Grace from the CFC reminding you to make sure to follow us on social media for the latest updates on our listed companies as well as new listing alerts for more in-depth content be sure to pick up our free quarterly magazine, Public Entrepreneur, available online at thecsc.com.